0: Hi, everyone. This is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. And today's episode is called Learn to Embrace the Spider. I could have named it How to Grow as a Human, but what fun would that be? So if you are here and you decided to listen despite the title, it's going to be a great episode. Thank you for joining. And oh, Stitch is with us today, as you can hear in the background. (laughs) So hang on, guys so i feel the need to start by explaining myself on this one i am terrified of spiders not just afraid i am terrified well i should say i was terrified so one of the very interesting things about becoming um, a widow was just not having my husband for things like this like when a spider (laughs) is like running at me on a carpet and I know that I am terrified. I mean, I used to throw books at them. Like he'd be at work and there something like that would happen. And honestly, having my kids is what gave me first the inner strength to be able to be like, I have two choices here. It's going to climb on my child or they're gonna pick it up and eat it. <laughs> or I get brave enough to squish this thing or escort it outside. So when you let fear take over, Take a wild guess which one I would choose every time. I would get my husband's size 13-14 shoe so that my hand could be as far away as physically possible from what I'm about to squish. Not only that, but I would have to throw it at the spider. I couldn't even keep it in my hand and just give it a hard whack. I would freak out. I'm not kidding. I can't tell you how many times I have been frozen in fear. So now how did I ever get to this point of not being afraid of them any longer well i still don't like them i don't prefer them in my life although i don't mind the benefits they give me i'll get into that later but anyway uh, so i had my babies decided that the choice was you know them or the bug because <laughs> in my in my imagination this bug could take their very lives right so <laughs> It's so ridiculous to think about how fearful I was of such a small, tiny little thing. So I started getting braver little by little. But after losing my husband, not having the choice of even like cornering it, containering it and saying, oh, I'll just deal with it when he gets home from work. Because that did happen a couple times. Uh, I had to figure out how I was going to handle this. So I had to dig deep. I had to literally find some inner strength that I didn't think I had and overcome fear. So yeah, that's what today is about, fear. I can tell you firsthand as a widow, and I hate that word, but I'm going to say it just because it's very descriptive, (laughs) you know who I'm talking about, Um, that fear is a really big underlying problem. And fear of so many things, often just fear of the future in general because you just thought you knew what was coming next and suddenly that rug has been pulled out from under you. But (laughs) fear with this spider is a very small but representative thing of what was going on inside of me. So, you know, what you do, how you do one thing is how you do everything. That's how I feel about life. So if I can't manage to muster up enough courage and strength inside myself to get this little bug and not only not be terrified by it, but to figure out how to no longer squish it. I'm a big fan of God's creatures, all of them. I really do try to see, you know, the beauty in every single creature he created. Stitches back. (laughs) This little toenails on the on the hardwood. Um. He must not like what I'm talking about. (laughs) He's like, I'm not into all the bugs. (laughs) I eat the bugs. Actually, that doesn't help to have... I mean, that doesn't hurt to have around. Um, But anyway, I just think most often I can find a use for why they're here on this earth. But there are a few, like, ticks I still struggle with. I mean, I'm sure somebody out there could probably answer this. There's probably some big meaningful purpose, like feeding the turkeys or I don't know, <laughs> not sure. But anyway, when it comes to spiders, I know they have value and I had to start to find that value and that helped me to overcome it. So honestly, I at first thought these things are just, I don't they're meant here on this earth to just terrify people. <laughs> I had no love for them, but I started to realize I hate mosquitoes because I hate getting the bites. They itch, they, it, they irritate me when they're flying around my face. And, and what do spiders do? They eat these bugs. And especially once we were at the lake, I really noticed this. There are bugs everywhere. And let me just tell you, the spiders are enormous. So I have a picture and I will try to show it somewhere so that you all can see this, um, the size of my hand a dock spider that my kids put their hands down on the ground next to, to just show the example of how large this was. And it took everything inside me. This is when my husband was still alive. I had to walk away and basically let him handle it because he was all about showing them to like how cool things like that were and really just making it. And that's how you make sure, by the way, that the next generation is not terrified. Oh, I should tell this little side story. I've got a lot of side stories on this one. So we were really good with my oldest about making sure that oh cool look it's a spider you know we just embrace that right from the beginning I would walk away often and then let my husband sort of tag in on that but I never let him see the littlest bit of fear from me in terms of the spiders so I wanted to break the cycle this was like a couple generations deep here of of spider fear and arachnophobia that I needed to cure so I, especially if I ever wanted my kids to be able to step in and help me to get the spiders out of the house, right? <laughs> so I decided I would just completely shut it down for him and it worked. And then my second was born. And I don't know if it, if some people just have that innate fear or I don't know it where it came from, or if he heard, maybe he heard my mom one time get freaked out about it, but who knows he heard it somewhere or he saw something that terrified him about the spider and he wasn't a fan and this was weird because he loved all bugs but spiders no no love for so we got to the town docks and oh the spiders if you ever want to see spiders go to the town docks um, especially on like a dewy morning or something when all the webs really show up and the spiders, they're everywhere. So we got some ice creams. We started to walk. And, you know, I probably walked 10 feet in front of the family for this one. But, no, I think I actually did sort of work on myself in this and started to figure it out. But um, we had my oldest son hold the spiders Touch the spiders. Show him there's nothing to be afraid of and look how cool they are and look at these beautiful patterns in the webs and, and you know what? Honestly talking about it and seeing it helped me immensely. The touching part I had a little bit of a hard time with. Especially because within five minutes my youngest wanted to prove he was as brave as his older brother and started picking up very large spiders, and running over to show me how brave he was and how cool they were. And I had to just muster up so much excitement for it. But it worked. I mean, these two kids loved them and they still, to this day, capture bugs, throw them in these little, I don't even know what you call them. Um, It's like a little environment that they create, basically. Um, These little globes or these little containers and they get their, um, you know, their, their equipment out and tweezers and whatever and they create these little homes for them and watch them and sometimes see like what gets along and what doesn't and all this stuff but you know boys will be boys but anyway the beautiful part is that we sort of stopped that before it started and I think that's the message here that I really want to get across to you stopping fear in its place like freeze it stop it um, you know, I talked about this a little in my last episode, I think, but um, really in life, whatever you put a spotlight on, it grows and it. You know, you don't want that fear to grow into more and you don't want to be a fearful person. And what's at the opposite end of fear? You know, it's confidence. And that's what you need in order to succeed at anything you're going to choose to do. So Anytime you're struggling with something, try to find what the opposite is and then fully embrace that. That's going to help you immensely. So I, I've i got a lot of fear, you know, in my life right now still. And that's what I'm doing on the daily is just re-looking, re-evaluating, seeing how I can incorporate some confidence in what I'm doing, confidence in choices I make, um, everything. And the more confidence I bring in, the less the fear has a voice so the reason i wanted to do this episode is to share with you all i last night had a very small spider on my leg it was tiny but disgusting looking (laughs) i don't know if you've ever seen one that just there's just something about him that didn't look quite right (laughs) he was just like a whole breed of his own i don't know what it was some kind of arachnid but yeah there was something about him that was very suspicious he looked like he was gonna jump right at my face at any given moment And he might have. I don't know. Some of those little ones are jumpy. But I looked down, saw him on my leg. Or Actually, he had crawled up onto my laptop I was holding on my leg by that point that I really recognized what what it was, that it was alive, that it was moving, that it was a spider. And I, instead of my... Actually, you know what? When I really reflect back, I didn't even have that initial instinct to just squash it. I have now moved to the point where... My first thought was letting it go and and not wanting to harm, you know, another little critter. And I escorted it outside. Now, granted, it was pouring rain, and I'm not sure if he liked that any more than getting squashed by my ginormous husband's shoe. But um, and yes, I do still have his shoes in the closet. I'm working on myself still. But I like it. I like how it feels like he's still around. So anyway, um, but my instinct wasn't to grab for that. It wasn't at all. It was just to like, you know, get him back into his environment. Honestly, I've never been one to ever squish bugs I don't like when they're in their own environment. It's just when they start to inhabit mine. <laughs> to me, if, if I'm not like, well, I do invade their homes really on a regular basis. But, um, you know, <laughs> I don't try to live there. And I don't really want them to come in and and join my family either. So, you know, I wanted to bring him back to where he belonged. And I managed to do it. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, wow, all this growth and um, internal development I've done on myself, I'm now at the point where I can get the spider out of my house. And guess what the best part is? I know I've talked about this relentlessly. No cortisol spikes. And for those of you that this is the first time you're tuning in with me, a cortisol spike is basically a hormone. Cortisol is a hormone. call it the stress hormone within your body that will spike in terms of, like, when you're having those fight or flight moments or when, like, all of a sudden your heart's racing or you're nervous or stressed and um, your body releases cortisol. And it's releasing too much these days in most people. So, um... I'm really trying to keep my vibrations high and in a good, positive place and not have these cortisol spikes, keeping it low because it does feed awful things, not good for your heart, not good for cancer. So, um, well, it is good for cancer. It's not good for you. So basically, I've done all that I can to really limit these um, stressful, high cortisol spikes in my life and realizing that the spider didn't disrupt my entire evening because before not only was the spider an issue, you guys are really going to think I'm crazy. But after I squished the spider for the rest of the evening, I was like tickling like there was things crawling all over me. Like My cortisol stayed high for the entire evening. Even in bed, I'd feel things on my feet, I would think that there was like bugs on me. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, like I could say the word head lice and there's probably people who are scratching their heads or fleas or like, you know, certain things that are just like, uh, and then you feel like they're on you. Well, yeah, that was my reaction with spiders before. And this time I didn't stay there. I literally had a quick moment of like, ooh, what's that? high stitch. escorted it outside and then moved on with my evening and I don't think I scratched or moved or like freaked out the entire night about it after that. So this is growth and this is what I want for you too. So you know, you got to find a way to somehow embrace the spider or for you, whatever it is, everybody's got their own thing that kind of sets them off. So whatever the bug is, whatever the, you know, sort of um, I don't even know if I want to say like undeserved fear because it might very well be a deserved fear. <laughs> um, you know, maybe you did get a spider bite or maybe, you know, you're terrified of dogs cause you had a run in with one when you were younger. I don't know. But again, I'm going to remind you how you do one things, how you do everything. So you let that one little, you know, interaction with the dog in your day or the spider in your day set you off into a, you know, a spiral. It's basically trashed your whole day and it's a bug. (laughs) You know what I mean? And the fear is not real. I mean, there might be moments I'm sure that you have when there is a real fear response for a real reason. You know, a dog that's growling at you might be something worthy of taking note of or a spider that could poison you or, you know what I mean, like one that might bite. Maybe you don't want to go tickle it, but (laughs) I still think that our response most often, most people, when you find a tiny little spider in your house is kind of overreactive. And those little things that we all are poking fun and laughing at actually have real responses within your body that can cause major disease. So knock that off. (laughs) Find your way. You can do this. And a lot of it is really going back to just highlighting the opposite end of the spectrum, the confidence the joy the gratitude stuff it's very real and it's talked about a lot for a reason because it does have the opposite effect of releasing something called oxytocin and other chemicals and hormones within your body that are doing the opposite they are um better for you <laughs> put it that way it's like which which one do you want to be released within your body you know the feel good thing that's going to attract more feel good things or the awful chemical that's going to attract more garbage and also could cause you know diseases and uh, yeah is associated with stress you know i think that's a pretty simple decision and now i've bored stitch to sleep so <laughs> i don't know stitch do you need me to take a commercial break <laughs> no so not yet buddy you gotta hold on tight I want to round back real quick to the benefits of embracing the things that you fear and why I think that's important. I think that if you let the fear overwhelm you, it's a hard place to come back from. But fear sometimes happens without, well, off. I mean really it's the only way it happens, <laughs> without our our sort of um, approval over it. It just does what it does and we don't know it's coming always. So. Things that I already know that I'm afraid of, if I truly look at them and try to find a benefit, it just helps me so much with the overcoming of it. So I used the example before when it comes to a spider of them getting all of these bugs that I don't like. So it's getting rid of another problem that I really don't like and is a menace in my life. And I'm able to then see that they have something to offer too. So look at the things that you're fearful of and is there something that it can offer you? So I know people right now that are struggling to find affordable housing or housing at all in this market. It's kind of crazy around where I live. Um, and fear of that unknown is big. Sometimes though, finding that nugget of what is good in it, there's a few things. One, we don't really ever fully Appreciate what we have without struggle. I think that's definitely true. But also, the gift in you know that uncertainty that's surrounding, not knowing where you're gonna be, where you're gonna live. One, it might be just what you needed to light a fire in you to have you take another step, a different turn, a different direction, like a nudge, like a friendly nudge. And it's hard to see it that way when it's really like something big and messed up and then you're fearful of something so huge. But if you can see that it could just be the very thing that's going to take you to that next step you wanted, that's really hard to do. It's definitely looking at the glass half full, but it is, it's helpful because if you can go, oh, all right, well, this is a gift, uh, this hard obstacle, this and. this what seems to be impossible thing and circumstance going on in my life could actually be a gift to urge me in a certain direction to get me like maybe that next place you'll finally find will actually lead you and give you another breadcrumb to another thing that leads to even something better so even if you just have to almost create uh, in your own mind a story that goes with oh well it could be this or it could be for that or who knows like this is exciting when you look at it through a different lens and go, "Ooh, this could be exciting. This could be the thing. I mean, nobody wants to live robotic, monotonous lives. We need like a shakeup every so often. And would we take it on our own? I don't know. I mean, we get into comfort, you know, we get into just like the everyday mundane routine, that word routine just needs to go up in flames. Um, nobody wants to be robotic in their life. It's not good for anybody. Nobody's benefiting from you being on this earth if you are in a robot state. So maybe, just maybe, it's a shake-up to get you off your butt off the couch, off of out of that current job that's not, you know, doing anything good for you. Maybe it's like, you know, you need to take that next step, move to a different town, find new friends. I don't know. But, um... Uh, Maybe it's just that one person that you'll bump into that one day or a conversation you'll have at the post office that'll lead to like a new connection that'll get you something even greater than what you have now. And you have to see it that way if you continue to be fearful of it. I mean, if you when I think and for me, I'm coming from a place of really having a lot of strong faith. So I don't believe in a God or whatever higher power you believe in that would want for us to suffer why on earth would you believe in that so we all believe that whatever higher power we're putting all of our energy into that they want our best interest so i'm assuming if you're at a point of being fearful of something you might have thrown a prayer out there or you might have sent an intention or whatever it is where you wanted to see this improve and why would you believe it's not being heard and responded to if the next thing is total crap, then it's probably because that needs to happen for the answer that you're seeking and asking for. So just trust it. And that's the hardest part. It's so easy to trust and have faith when things are easy. I've said this before, but the true faith, the true test of faith is when things are hard, then what do you do? Then do you curl up in a ball? Then do you complain all the time? Or do you dig deep? find a way or even like better than that one step above that is sit back a little bit and let it unfold I mean yes keep taking um, very directed action at trying to improve I mean I think that's important too I don't think you can sit on your couch and just wait for life to happen to you but relax a little is what I'm saying like allow it to unfold and see where it takes you and if you come at it from a place of, like, interest, excitement, curiosity about what's to come. It's almost like an anticipatory excitement. Like, you get excited about it. Like, ooh, anything could be. I could open that door tomorrow and, like, you know, the postman could hand me a letter that says that, you know, everything's going to be different. You don't know. And you don't know. Who are we to think we're these magicians that can see into the future and know what's going to come next and know that it's not going to be this way or that way? Why? because it hasn't happened yet, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen tomorrow. You know, just because you don't know anybody in your inner circle who's had this experience doesn't mean it's not going to happen to you either. You know, the garbage that you're experiencing might not have ever happened to anybody around you either, but yet you're still looking for evidence to prove that that's that's the way it's going to be for everybody, right? Like, it's just, it's funny how we will so happily look for evidence to back up the bad garbage, but we don't look like around at our environment and stuff for the, the po- Do you? I don't know if I'm going too far on a tangent here, but are you staying with me? Because I really think this is like a nugget that needs to be taken away from today's conversation is just why on earth are we so happy to look around for evidence to support the negative garbage and to support that things aren't going to work out well, but we're not willing to look for evidence to the contrary, that things could work out amazing, better than expected, why is that why are we so negatively fueled up like where does that come from so let's get into that and the second half of this I'm just gonna take a real quick break and I'll be right back with you guys don't go anywhere have you ever wondered if your water is of good quality like we're drinking it every day hopefully you're trying to increase your intake of water but is it actually good I got into this really really in-depth in a mini series that you get for free um, after subscribing to my website I'll drop the link in the description for you guys but um, so yeah subscribe first make sure you get the mini series and then also I will try to drop a link directly to if you're already ready and know that you need something I will drop the link to my product page as well because I have a company that I love. I love so much. I became an affiliate. I only become affiliate for things that either I have used myself or my for my family and seen great results from, and or if I heavily research it. So um, this is something called the Elka Viva H two series. It is my best favorite water ionizer. Let me just tell you a real quick description why. pH options. You can have the perfect pH for your plants, pets, and you. An overly acidic environment supports diseased and a weakened state of health. We don't wanna give cancer the upper hand here, guys, and we don't wanna give it the perfect environment to flourish in, so just check it out, read up on it on your own, and if you need it, I'm there for you. All right, back to the show. When you really think about it, fear is just an obstacle, right? It's something we need to overcome, and how are we overcoming it if we don't even take the first step in trying to do something, you know, to, to conquer it, like how you have to take a step. So that's what I want you to get from today is just that you have to start doing in order to get there. And these steps work for me. I hope they work for you because honestly, I don't like when people are just sort of stuck in one place and not moving forward. I mean the, if you want to overcome your fear, keep doing the thing you're afraid of, right? Because by stopping it, how are you going to conquer it, right? If you think of a mountain, you're never going to conquer that mountain if you're not even putting on your hiking boots. It's like, take the first step, right? The quickest and best way to conquer that fear is to start with a step because you will not get there if you don't and these little steps worked for me. I mean, just looking at the beauty in whatever the thing is I was afraid of, trying to find a little nugget in there of something that I could hang on to. Even if you're so, let's say you're terrified of like somebody, because I've heard some weird things from some of my parent friends that they are like over the top afraid of happening to their children. Even if you believe that in your heart, and you're like, well, what kind of good nugget can I pull out of that? I mean, I'm fearful for a reason, right? We all think we're fearful for a reason. <laughs> but if in reality, you're putting focus on that thing, you could actually bring it into existence. Let's start there. Nobody wants that, right? So stop focusing on the fear and instead try to look at it as like, what if that was like, God gave you that so that you would be able to. One, embrace more the moments you have with your kids all the time, because you know it's fragile. And what if, on the contrary, all you're doing is limiting their life experiences and shutting them in and holding them back instead of like, just grasping the gift he was trying to give you, of just seeing how short-lived it can be, of you know, knowing that this is a gift and not a guarantee. So you have to find a way to like, there's got to be a message in it. There's got to be a reason this fear erupted inside you. And even if it's just to make you a little more um, alert and aware, just say thanks for the reminder and then, you know, still live life. You can't live out of fear. You just cannot. Then you're going to feed it. It's going to grow You're gonna find yourself a fearful old person. <laughs> So stop it. You know, there's good stuff all around. There is. There's a lot of kids out there, way more, way bigger numbers of children out there safe, secure, not like stolen from their homes, not sold in a sex trade, not blown up at their school. There are more who are not than that are. So just keep that in the back of your mind. I think that will help to just fuel remembering that it is a possibility, but not a likelihood. Because in our minds, we start to create this complete pattern of like, oh, that's a possibility. Therefore, I have to be hyper vigilant and like on alert and this could happen. And oh, I just hear that anxiety in people's voices and I'm like, really? that's what you're gonna focus your time and energy on. I watch the news and yes, I am sad. I am heartbroken and it does put an awareness in me, but not a fear. I'm not afraid that this is going to happen. And I'll tell you what, it definitely helped me recently. I wasn't going to talk on this because I don't like to fuel rumors and I don't like to make things out of nothing but I think this message should be spoken on for those of you that listen, just to hear like how, how a story that just happened to me could have gone one way, but instead I chose to have it go a different direction. So my oldest son just went on an overnight field trip and I mean, this was literally like, I wanna say they left the day of the school shooting that just happened. I mean, which one, right? Isn't that sad to say? I want to say in Texas. I think it was that same day that they left for their trip. But it wasn't good timing, and a lot of parents were posting on social media how fearful they were about having their babies leave home for the first time, especially with all this going on. How am I going to get through the next few days? Because it was three days long that they were gone. And I stayed in a calm. Like, I stayed calm with it. And and trust me, if anybody should be worried about their child in this circumstance, it was probably me. Because... I had the son that often would forget things often needed just little reminders, redirects, you know, like a boy, (laughs) he's amazing, but like forgetful and gets distracted and would like, you know, he he's in that like growing really fast stage where he's a little clumsy uh, because his body hasn't caught up or his awareness of his body hasn't caught up. I don't know. But anyway and here they're gonna be like rock climbing and mountain climbing and in the wilderness and all this stuff and you know and he's gonna be required to put sunscreen on himself and his dad died of melanoma like i could have gone into a spiral there was a million things i could have panicked about and all these other parents were freaking out what did i do i unplugged from social media i didn't check in to hear what everybody was you know ranting about that day or what had them fearful i instead just continued on and had some really quality time with my other son who was still home just one on one time which was pretty special and with some friends. So now I I pick him up and in the car on the way home he says to me, Mom, you're not gonna like this <laughs> like every parent's heart sinks and I immediately thought, Oh, you forgot something or you got in trouble for doing something wrong or like, what on earth is going to come out of his mouth next. And I was already like in what, like a frantic state because I was racing to get him and grab dinner and I had a hundred things to do that night. So I tried to stay calm. I took a deep breath. Okay, what is it? And I'm so glad I did because I needed to hear what he said next, but I wasn't prepared for it. So yeah, so a kid on the trip had a knife. What? <laughs> Yeah, um he pulled it on another kid. What? I know. And actually another kid said it wasn't just a knife, it was a machete. <laughs> I just like honestly so let me just pause for all of the people in my community that are listening to this right now that maybe haven't heard this or if you have. I just have to say these are sixth graders. <laughs> Soon to be seventh graders, but you know their world is video games often which I hate them too and I still continue to tell my kids not to play the violent ones and all these things but they see things they see commercials and ads and whatever that pops up on the. even if they're doing a learning math game on a video game and you're like no not my kid they don't know what that is they do they see it The advertising pops these things up in front of them for a reason and I don't, I'd never even thought in a million years my son had heard the word machete, let alone, you know, like a kid having one and bringing it. So I'm still like in my mind trying to like make sense of this. I didn't get a phone call. So there's a possibility none of this happened at all. And it was like the rumor mill. There was probably a small truth in it that got exaggerated. And that's what I was trying to like make sense of because like, I could have jumped down the, you know, path of like, oh my gosh, post on social media. Did any other parents hear this? Instead, I posted a positive social media saying how happy I was to have him home. And instead of running around and calling every parent I knew and saying, hey, have you heard this? And spreading this and making it bigger. I just took some deep breaths, made sure he was okay, made sure he wasn't around, didn't wasn't there and saw any of this with his own eyes. Then we had a conversation around making sure that we're not talking about things that we weren't witness to, because sometimes a great story is a great story and kids want to be the one to have a great story and it can get very exaggerated. So I started with the, are you sure this was a machete? (laughs) As I'm sure a lot of you would. And what it turns out is like, I mean, he didn't know. He said, that's what was said to me, but. And as we kept picking at further and further in the story, it didn't sound like anything was pulled on another kid. I don't think that happened. It, I mean, maybe a threat was made or whatever, but like typical sort of that age type conversation. Whether or not the kid had a knife in his bag or like, I'm still unsure of the details and I do wish that there was better communication, but I understand why there's not. The school's smart enough to recognize, well, one, they probably know the real story, And they probably figure anyone who's freaking out has already contacted them. And, uh, I mean, I do know that my son ended up getting pulled from class and asked, like, where he heard his story a couple days later or even a week later. So, I mean, oh, they're trying to figure some things out. But it could be that they're trying to figure out where this crazy story got concocted from because none of it was valid. Who knows? But, um... You know it's one little cabin within all of these cabins that this happened so there was probably only a handful of witnesses to what actually happened and i mean any parent that hears something about a large weapon with their kid in when they were alone and you know someone had to go home and and then it's embellished to the point of it being a machete or maybe not even embellished maybe it is a machete what do i know but it also could have been a butter plastic butter knife that he grabbed from the cafeteria right I don't know. It could have been a, you know, a pocket, you know, one of those little things that has scissors and a nail file and whatever and so who knows? It could have been a sharp shoelace and, you know, the plastic part in the end that the kid scratched his finger on when he reached in his bag after he made a threat that he was going to do something and then the kid made the connection on his own and said, "Oh no, maybe it's a like he's got a weapon in his bag." I don't know. The story could be anything. Am I staying up at night right now panicked about it? No. I'm not and maybe the me a few years back might have been but I'm just in a different place now I don't see it that way I know and I trust the school district that I send my child to it's a great school and I know if he had been in harm's way in any way or if another student had been harmed I know communications would have gone out I know this so whatever the case may be and how it all played out all I know Is that you know it's an opportunity for me to talk to my child about safety about weapons about gossiping all of these things and we had all of those conversations but I do think there are parents who probably went into like a complete like spiral of contacting the school what the heck what are you doing why didn't I hear about it what actually happened Um, you know do I need to be afraid like um, I'm never sending them on a field trip again all of these things I'm sure that there was somebody that did that and my message in this isn't like don't be cautious don't be worried don't let your guard down I mean yeah we have real things going on especially right now things seem to be elevating but I think that, like, we can help counteract that by our response to what's going on, too. I'm not saying, like, uh, not responding is the answer. Absolutely not. I'm just saying, like, think about what your reaction is and if it's actually benefiting the situation. So I'm giving time for the school to handle what they're having to handle. I Can you imagine? Like, just imagine for a moment you're one of those faculty members and they're getting, let's say there was... I'm just going to take a stab. I have no idea how many kids are in their class, but let's say there's 120 kids in this grade and every single parent called in and freaked out and needed to be like, calm down. What about the poor five kids who are actually in the room and might have had some little thing that required some, you know, talk. And they're not even getting to focus on that because they're having to put out the million of fires all over the place. So... Is it really necessary for, for me to know the information? And because, let's face it, it's more out of curiosity than anything because I already know my kiddo is home safe. So, no, it's not. And if you're really, really worried that the school's not taking the proper precautions to keep your kids safe there, then you need to set up an appointment to get in and talk to people and then put out those fears. So if you're worried that the door's not being locked on the side because I see people sneaking in and out of it all day long, Set up an appointment. Talk to them about it. It might be something they've never noticed, or for all you know, there's a security guard standing right on the inside of that door, and they have to leave it open because they have a a child within the class that's autistic, and he can't he doesn't like to be enclosed, and he needs to go out and, and quickly shake it out, and yell whatever. It's part of the therapy. You don't know. There's so much you don't know, but you make up a story in your mind, and before you know it, you know you've got open areas for you know killers to come in at like leaking out into the community. Like like, calm down and then do like, think about what your next action is going to be and will it help the situation or will it fuel a fire? So that's, that's the best way to deal in life with anything, right? Whatever your next step will be, is it going to further fuel, further grow the fear or is it going to extinguish some of it, give you calm, give you oxytocin give you a little break give you peace of mind you know that's what you need to figure out so yeah safety is of the utmost important with our kids and obviously something not good happened and i will eventually get to the bottom of it but it's a problem for tomorrow and not today because my child's safe he understands and now he's better for it actually so in a way a gift that this happened i can't even believe i just said that For me, because it gave me an opportunity to talk about things like my youngest all of a sudden came home with this paper thing that he was swinging around. I said, what on earth are you doing? And he said to me that his friend made it for him. And it was, I think he said a machete. And I don't know if this is, again, the younger siblings that have been talking about these weapons now and like... And it gave me an opportunity to talk to him too and explain to him that I don't care if it's made out of paper. We don't pretend to swing weapons at school, period. And have a big conversation with him around the why and what people are going through and how what we do can affect other people too. You know, there might be somebody who just, uh, maybe there was a family member of theirs that was part of one of these school shootings or um, I don't know what someone else's experience would be. Like maybe some other kid had a, a... Parent pull a gun on their other parent, or you don't know, you don't know what experience that someone else has had. So, why would you do anything that might just create, you know, anxiety for another child? Like, so just talking to them about all those things has really created very empathetic children. But it's, you know, it, again, you can just find a little gift, a little message, a little nugget inside anything. And that's saying something coming from what experience I just went through because that wasn't easy. And what well, I'm not going to lie. I just swallow hard when I heard that. And I did tell my best friends and I did take a moment with it and just say, what? I mean, can you even believe? Like, and actually, some of that helped to, t- to just talk to my good friends. Of course, not having my husband anymore normally would have just stayed within our household and I wouldn't have even said it to anybody. But since it's just me now as the adult in our home you know, our best friends have gotten more information from me than they used to because they're my sounding board. But it was really helpful because even they were like, wait, what? This is probably a bull like no and <laughs> you know, and even just that helped to like I just needed to hear someone else say, like, that's an embellished story. Like I to hear it from another person didn't hurt. But um just being real careful about not spreading rumors and all of that stuff. But then yeah, this This has to be stuff that we start to incorporate in everything. Fear can't be leading the path, you know. And if you're trying to leave fear at the door, then really look at every response and reaction. Next time you see the spider, instead of running in panic, see if you can even just tolerate looking at it first. You know, take a baby step. Because when you try to take huge jumps, you're going to end up falling in the river. Like just... Baby, baby steps. I can just look at this and I can be okay in my skin. It's not like I'm nothing's happening to me. I'm okay, you know. Whoo! And then maybe next time you can get to the point where you might be able to slide it on a piece of paper. And if it starts coming at you on the paper once you've picked it up, try to remind yourself he's running at me, not because he's about to jump on me. I don't think he sees me as the happy place. It's probably because he's trying to get to the center of the paper so he doesn't fall off the edge. You know, who knows? But calm down a little bit. Slowly set it back down if you need to. And then see if you can pick it up and bring him to the door. (laughs) Start there. See if that works. Oh, boy. But so, yeah, for me, it was spiders. Whatever it is for you that's got you fearful, leave it at the door embrace the confidence and you've got this so thank you so much for joining me today i hope my silly tales helped you in some way and just let you see things through a different lens because that's what i'm all about all right guys stay well and hopefully i'll see you on my next episode